One Week Season. Everybody and welcome to Deep Thoughts with Mr. Pappy. Hey, and how's it going, everyone? Yeah, we're uh, we're going to talk about his hometown Steelers and Panthers. We're also going to go over the Eagles and Bears, Lions and Jets, and Falcons and Saints with the Saturday Sunday slate this week. We have a pod coming out with myself and Hilo that'll discuss just the Saturday slate, and Justin here is going to help cover uh, the other three games that Mark wrote up. And if you're listening to us on podcast, don't forget, you can come see our pretty faces over on YouTube. You can see some of the cool data. And one of the things that it's showing right now is the, the, the uh, it's the, the Steelers Panthers game and it's not updating correctly. So it's showing the game at zero, which as a Steelers fan, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's showing uh, it correctly. I mean, zero zero should be the total. I'd probably still bet the under. Um, yeah, I mean, this this game is really going to be a rough game uh, from a scoring standpoint. And as a Steelers fan, uh, it's frustrating to watch their offense play right now. I think I said yep. in this, in this write up that you might want to see them incinerated by uh, fire breathing dragons or whatever monster you choose. <laughs> and you know, I. It's because the scheme is so bad. I mean, they have talented players. Um, the O-line was supposed to be the weakness this year. Uh, it's actually performed pretty well, especially in pass blocking. And uh, you have uh, Fryermuth, you have Pickens, you have DJ, uh, Claypool to start the year. All above average NFL talents. Najee, uh, right. all these guys are picked in the first three rounds. And you can't muster totals, you know, scores to north of 20 and it's because the offense is just so uncreative i mean if i see one more go route where he just throws it to a guy that's one-on-one and like hopes he brings it down like those are the only only good plays really like just hey chuck the ball up on a go route and hope the guy comes down with it i mean that is only going to work so often it's it's just it's rough it's like jay cutler's playing quarterback back there and he's and every play is just you throw a go route to your best player so <laughs> You know, it's tough to watch. And when you look at the game environment, um, I mean, the Steelers only really good game environment of the year was against the Bengals, where it was 37 30. And one of their other higher scoring game environments was the Eagles. The Steelers only put up, you know, 13 points. The Eagles just scored 35. So um, the only time you really even I would really consider these guys for DFS for the most part is in a great game environment at this point um, until this scheme changes. And then you have the Panthers who they're just going to slam the ball. You know, that's that's who they've become the last month, especially the last couple of games, and it's working. I mean, the Panthers might make the playoffs in one of those. wild, right? Just absolutely wild we're having that conversation. Just crazy that we're sitting here saying that the Panthers might make the playoffs. I mean, it's mind-blowing to think that that can happen in the NFL. I mean, they were literally giving up, like, baseball style, you know, when teams just, like, throw in the towel, trade everyone away. It was like they're getting prospects, and – all of a sudden they can actually make the playoffs. Um, It's really just shows you that the NFL is always closer than you think. Like everyone's good. There's, you know, there's talented players on every team and 
It's always close than you think. And the other thing it shows you is that Tom Brady knows how to pick the division that he plays in. I mean, how does he manage to go from that? Seriously, how does he manage to go from the AFC East for 20 years? Like, who was the best quarterback for those 20 years he was in the AFC East? At, really, like, who was the other best quarterback? Chad Pennington? Like, it might have been Chad Pennington. Like, was he the best quarterback for 20 years of the Bills, Dolphins, or Jets? Like, he, he might have been. Uh, right. and, then, and then, you know, he goes to the NFC South right away. And uh, Breeze retires. Matt Ryan, you know, goes the way of the dodo. And it's just like, yes, his division right. doesn't have to win a game. He doesn't have to go above 500 to win his division. It's crazy how how that man runs. But, uh, you know, the Panthers are very in it. And if they win this game, which they easily could, and if they win against the Bucks, I mean, they might win the division. So they're going to play hard. But it's going to be a lot of running. Uh, and I just I don't see a lot of ways in DFS this game is going to be going to be profitable. What did you, what did you think of the reports seeing uh, some of the guys coming out saying we want to see Mason at QB? Uh, you know, I don't really want to see Mason at QB. I've, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen Mason at QB, uh, and I just, I can't get behind it. Um, you know, I've seen him on the pickleball court too. He's a pretty good pickleball player, but uh, uh, I'd, I'd rather see him out there than at QB this week. Um, I just, I think that Pickett, if he's healthy is the guy that you should start. I mean, he's, he's a rookie. What, what do you have to lose? You're not going to make the playoffs. Like let Pickett go out there and wing. I mean, the problem is they won't call plays like they're in that situation, you know, like they have a rookie quarterback and let's let him go out there and just sling it and and learn who cares if we really win or lose. Uh, maybe if we even lose, we'll get a better draft pick. Like Mike Tomlin loves to go eight and eight, which is kind of the worst possible outcome because you don't make the playoffs and you don't get a good draft pick. So it's really not a victory. Um, you know, and so hopefully, uh, Kenny gets to start. Uh, I just I don't think Mason is a is a is a guy that's going to be an NFL caliber starter. I feel like he's a good backup. He, he's one of those guys that should hang around in the league and and come in and fill in for you. But I just don't see him as a as a starter. How so? Let's talk about the DSF standpoint of this. Do you see any leverage looking at projected ownership on this slate right now? The Broncos are coming in just massive, right? Just massive ownership. It's 30% right now projected. The next closest is the Titans at 10. And the Panthers are down at 6.3. Do you think there's enough volume from the Steelers to generate a score? And the caveat I'll use is look at what the Browns did against Houston and other defenses have done while they're not generating insane amount of plays it's enough pass attempts that they're taking advantage of it so you're saying from a perspective of playing one of the defenses yeah playing the carolina side yeah i mean i could see playing the carolina defense and i could i could even see playing the steelers defense really but the the main issue i have with playing the carolina defense is um the steelers line is pretty good pass blocking and so they're not really a, a line you want to target there now if you if you want to say, you know, Mitch or, or Mason are in there and you can just play a defense against them, um, especially at home. I mean, you absolutely can. They're also not that cheap. Uh, I think, what are they, 3,300? 3,300, yep. 3,300, yeah. So they're not that cheap. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, call someone a donk if they played the Panthers defense. You know, they're not a, not a bad play. You know, I just don't know that I will necessarily go there. Although I, I may. I mean, under under 10% ownership is uh, is definitely – always enticing for a defense 
I, I, it hurts me to say, but I'm finally off my picket stacks for the rest of the year. I just can't play them anymore. And I I've played them pretty much every week since he started. And I love Pickens. I love DJ. I think there's tons of talent there, Pat, and I have a ton of Pat and best ball. And I just don't see how he gets it. I don't see how they get it done anymore. Yeah. I mean, I have, uh, I have Pat on my best, best ball team. I I'm 60th in, uh, in underdogs where it finished the season. So by, I don't know if anyone talks about best, but we got me sidetracked on best ball now, but super excited yeah. for, the, for the best ball sweat here down the, yeah. down the, down the frame. Yeah. Um, we're going to finish that up today and get into best ball. Cause I didn't really get to go over any of it with Mark. Yeah, I I'm I'm super excited for this. My first real like sweat here, and then the playoffs got a bunch of team ins, and my my best team was 60th overall on on underdog. So hopefully I'm I'm rooting for that one. It has it has Fryer Youth on it. So, um, but yeah, I I agree with you in, in terms of DFS and the stacks. I just I can't get uh behind you know the the picket stacks anymore. I I really think it'll win someone a million dollars, but it will probably be next year when hopefully they fire the offensive coordinator and change the scheme. It's just the scheme is too bland. There's no creativity. Guys aren't schemed open into space and they want to all, they've kind of become more of a running team too the last month. So it's like, they want to run if they can, uh, they throw go routes and hope their guy comes down with it. It's just, it's just not a, a game plan I can get behind. It's like watching the Raiders when I was a little kid. This is what it reminds me of. So I grew up in California and in the eighties, late eighties, the two, three teams really saw a lot of on the West coast were the Raiders, Niners and Cowboys. So we saw a ton of them and that's what it was to try to run the ball a little bit and then just chuck, you know, chuck the ball downfield. And we saw for all those years and all the draft picks that Al would make and how much he liked him that it's like, they're trying to run a 20, 30 year old offense at this point. Yeah, I mean, I even the 20 or 30 year old 70s, you know, they accused the Steelers of icing the sidelines to slow down the receivers on the outside, you know, offense of the Raiders, Uh, you know, that offense even had a point. I mean, at least you tried to run the ball so much that the other team basically brought everyone into the box. Then you throw deep. I don't even think there's that much thought here. I mean, it's it's literally like go straight and I'll throw you the ball. It's one of the worst schemes I've ever seen, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's been tough to watch. So kind of ironic if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see how it's uh, uploading the game. The game is at 37 and a half right now over under, but just not a spot to have a lot of exposure to when we're trying to get four or five X on our money here. So speaking of best ball, we're going to talk about a big game in terms of that for me personally. And I think a lot of people in the best ball spaces, we have Philadelphia against the bears and i personally have a tractor trailer load of fields a decent amount of commit with him and so from a dfs standpoint we've seen what the eagles do in the first half they have they step on the gas they mash you into the ground and then they shut it off this is an interesting spot because of how bad the bears run defense is and how much they've turned to running the ball. How do you see yourself trying to play this game? Is this game on your radar? Are there, is there any unique ways to process this game for you? Yeah. um, I I like this game a lot actually. And I like it uh, from the Eagle standpoint, particularly Miles Sanders, who is my most common player in best ball in this game. I have a ton of Miles Sanders, uh, including on that team. And I also have Cole Komet 
on that team. Again, a tractor load of players. I have tons of Hertz and Goddard who hopefully plays, uh, you know, just all, all over the Eagles. And um, Sanders though is, is the, is the guy I have the most of. And I really hope that he uh, explodes for best ball, but I also like him in DFS this week. I'm a little bit annoyed with myself. I didn't have more of him in DFS last week. Uh, you know, there were so many cheap running back options I got enamored with that I kind of, you know, forgot about Sanders, who was in a great matchup and didn't have enough of him. And so uh, I don't know if I'm going to make that mistake again this week. I mean, I could see him scoring two touchdowns again. I think that the the main issue with the Eagles, we all know, is that they blow you out in the first two quarters and then they take their foot off the gas. It doesn't hurt Sanders as much when they do that as, as the other players on the team. Uh, and it's a pristine matchup. Um you know, so, and he could just get the touchdowns, right? Like that's the thing with Sanders. He's there's so much touchdown variance because they could be passed. Jalen hurts could get them or he could get them, or they'll just bring in Kenneth Gainwell and give, give him one, you know, right. so right. They could give Boston Scott one. Yeah. Like, so there's, there's, there's so much touchdown variance with him, you know? And so I think that that's why he usually has low ownership. Um, which he usually, he usually does. I mean, no one is really that excited to play Sanders. I haven't looked at the ownership projections yet. I usually start to look Friday night when they get a little bit better. He, he's uh, just under 10. He's at 8% projected as of, you know, late Friday afternoon when we're recording this. So, so there you go then. Um, you know, he's under 10% again, even though he just had a big game and he's in a plus matchup with a huge team total. Yeah, 12, 12th and eight, 12th right now overall is where he's projecting. Yeah, so that's so there you go. Um, I mean, I'll I will probably not make the same mistake of being, uh, you know, even weight instead of overweight on Sanders this week. I will probably uh, be overweight on Sanders. So he's definitely my favorite play from this game. I mean, part of me wants to say, what if the Bears keep up? You know, do, and right. if the if the if the Bears keep up, how would you want to stack that? Um, it's interesting to think what would be the best approach there. It might be to use Fields. Uh, because if the Bears are keeping up, Fields is probably doing a lot of work. So if you use him basically saying, OK, well, the, the, the Bears are keeping up and then who do I want to bring back? Well, if the Bears are keeping up, I don't really have to be afraid that the Eagles are going to take their foot off the gas. So maybe uh, bring it back with uh, Eagles pass catchers. Um, and then you go back and you say, OK, so do I play Fields by himself? Do I stack him with somebody? Well, if I mean, you probably could play him by himself, but you could certainly look to stack him with either Claypool, who I think is supposed to play, uh, or Komet would be, you know, the other option and hope that the TDs fall there. So I actually like this game overall. Like I, I will probably have some version of a, of a stack and probably Miles Sanders on other teams that I'm, that are, I'm betting more on this week. What are your thoughts about as far as that goes? So if you get off of miles to, to give a contrarian point of view and you do you see any standalone value in a single AJ, a single Devonta or a paired AJ with fields because Hertz right now is coming in at second, second highest ownership, but at the same time, you know, fields price is up where it should be now. It's $7,400. I don't think anybody is crazy enough to try that. I I don't know that I am, but when I when I try to think weirdly and and get my sonic on and start meditating about, you know, what weird things could happen, those are some of my weird thoughts to this game. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a game where it could play out 
that way where like fields is good by himself. You just run, it's all rushing production and that keeps the bears close enough that the Eagles keep throwing and AJ Brown has a, has a big day. Um, I think I'm probably more likely to go full stacks though in this one. Uh, and I think the reason would be is that if I, if I say in my head, the bears score enough points to win me a torn tourney with bears playing, then the Eagles kind of have to. And that makes me want more than one of them. Now, could you could you do it though the way that you were saying and end up being unique? Yeah, and if the points concentrate in a certain way, it, you could certainly get there that way. And I think that's something I would look at in in MME rosters. But I think in, if I'm like saying okay, I'm going to look at a, to play this game in a three entry max roster, you know how am I going to play it? I'm probably stacking it or playing Miles Sanders by himself. Yeah, the interesting spot for me with that is really looking at ownership and where we're going to land because people, I could also see people chasing hurts AJ Devonta stacks this week, because on paper, when you look up the matchup, you look at it and you go, right. The bears pasty is even worse than their run D and right. They could go out and look at what they've done before. I like the side of what if this turns into the bears Dallas game where all of a sudden it's a 38 31 game at the end of the day you better have had if you have this game overstacked i think that's a really unique way to to approach this and there's there's some interesting jam has a really cool take in the dfs theory area for our inner circle members and i'll leave that there for them but jam has a, a unique spot that i i just read before we got on here to to approach this game and I, it'll be interesting one of the things i like too on that azure talking about it is as we look at ownership and I started scrolling through, I'm like, oh, well, that's interesting that he's that Hertz is the second highest owned quarterback. But then when I start looking at wide receivers, I start scrolling down and I'm like, uh, I'm scrolling kind of far. And it, if you're watching me and you can see it, and then I go, oh, Devonta's 2.9%. And then I scroll down and AJ's currently projected at 1.8%. That sounds that sounds pretty low. I'm just saying that that's a. I think it'll be a little little higher. Than yeah, that. I I think we're gonna see the you know the seven to twelve percent range when it it is early Friday. Yeah. But this also says people early in were not looking at it, and the reason I also think it's massively gonna change is currently the highest owned wide receiver on the slate projected was Garrett Wilson, and <laughs> that's the next game we're gonna talk about, yeah. which we were everybody at OWS was so excited about this was, uh, this was the game. There was so, we thought there's so much cool opportunity. Both teams are, are playing for something that they need to win playoff hunt. And then we get the news a couple hours ago. It literally, we got the news right before Hilo and I recorded this morning that no Mike white and we're getting Zach. I like to throw interceptions. Wilson. <laughs> So this went from really excited for me to like really sad. And I love Garrett Wilson. I, I have, you know, on that best ball scene, I have a ton of Wilson. I was like, this is great. Like he's going to have a big matchup and can he still sure. But I, it, it let the wind out of my sails. How about yourself? Uh, poor, poor Garrett Wilson. I, yeah. I, feel, I feel for the man. Uh, you know, how, how he must be looking in the mirror right now. Just like, Oh, I got this guy again. But, uh, you know, 
Zach Wilson just does not belong in the NFL. Um, I think I was calling him Zach Frightened Child Wilson uh, as early as like game two or three last year of him playing because he just looked so bad. And, uh, you know, you can kind of just tell when a guy just doesn't have it. And Zach Wilson does not does not have it. So, I mean, them bringing him back, I guess. I mean, I is, is Joe Flacco. Hell, I, I haven't followed Joe Flacco's health. Is Joe. Yeah, Flacco? I mean, he is. So that was the. That was a quick conversation Mark and I had about it earlier was what I almost feel like Flacco's in the doghouse. Like he did something. I literally said, did he like do something to one of the coaches? What, what is, what are we not seeing from a coach perspective? Try to take your DFS hat off and look at it from I'm, I'm a coach and there's some smart guys there. Someone's smart. And I don't understand what Flacco did for them to say in a game that is crazy important for them, that they are fighting for a playoff spot. This isn't just, uh, this is, Hey, we're trying to make the playoffs that they say, we think we have a better chance at the guy we can't control that all he does is sling it down the field and throw tons of interceptions that we think we have a better chance with him than we do with Flacco. I would love to know inside the locker room why, and I don't think we ever will, but there's something there. I, yeah, I don't get it. I agree. I mean, I think Joe Flacco is a clearly superior option. I mean, you saw when he played in the beginning of the year. I mean, Garrett Wilson was threatening. The offense was kind of threatening. I mean, Zach Wilson plays like they don't go anywhere. And oftentimes he hurts them with turnovers. I mean, they basically lost one game entirely on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, it was like, right. you know, in special teams. Uh, and then he said after the game, like, it wasn't my fault. It's like, bro, it was your fault. Like, <laughs> like, knows your fault. Your fault. like <laughs> sauce Gardner knows it was your fault. Like, so, you know, it just makes me think like, is sauce going to like whisper something in Sala's ear? It's the, you know, at halftime when it's, when it's zero, zero, is he going to be like, listen, man, I'm tired of covering these guys. If you do, can we get like someone that can move the ball in here a little bit? Like, I don't know that Zach Wilson necessarily finishes the game because I think Joe Flacco is better, but maybe it's pressure from ownership. Uh, you know, I really don't know. I just, I think you have to be blind to not think that Flacco is a, gives you a better chance to win. So I, I don't know, but you know, with Zach Wilson coming in here, it just kind of shoot kills the whole game environment. I mean, uh, I don't want to play Garrett Wilson with, with Wilson throwing him the ball. Uh, I, I, if I don't want to play Garrett Wilson, I certainly don't want to play Elijah Moore or, or anybody else really. Um, I mean, even the running backs, it's like, their, their touchdown equity feels like it goes way down. Um, and then you look at the Lions and you start to say, well, the Jets defense is already pretty good. So, you know, this could just easily turn into a game where, you know, it's 10 to 10 or 7 to 7 in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Zach Wilson has that Jay Cutler look on his face of I don't really care about <laughs> throwing interceptions. Like I just I mentioned Jay Cutler twice on this, man. Jay Cutler is okay. rent free in my head. But, uh, yeah, it just I, it kills the whole game. It really does. So I have to ask on that. I don't know if you've ever seen me post it. So I keep a, a dead to me list for fantasy, whether it's football, baseball, I literally keep it in my notes on my iPhone and people always get a laugh because I don't take anybody off. Like once you're on the list, you're on the list. The number one person on my list is Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler. So, yeah. So if you ever look at discord, you'll see, I'll post it once in a while. Cause some of the guys get a kick out of it. And there's, there's, there's a few offenders out there, but, but Jay is uh, because Cutler caught Cutler cost me a, a, a big DFS win 
back in the day, like a I, big one. I miss Jay Cutler, man. Nobody would throw the ball 100 miles an hour at his receiver's feet and not care as much as Jay Cutler. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's actually fun to watch now that he's not playing anymore. I, I kind of like him personality wise. You could see like a little better, but I was never, he was the guy I was never right with. I never played him in the right week. I never had him in the right season when he had his killer fantasy seasons. He was one of those guys always missed on. And then when he cost me one of the big finals, I just, uh, he was just, that was it. He's on my list and will forever be odd, odd by my list there. So everybody always gets a kick out of it. It's funny. We're bringing him up today. So this, I, what we were hoping for was the jets were going to push and then with Mike white and then force the lions to have to keep up. That was the the opportunity we were going to see here. And I just don't know that they put, do they shadow sauce on Amon and just say, okay, beat us with shark and everybody else. And the rest of their secondary is very, very good. And just say, you're not going to beat us with your elite guy. So try to beat us with your secondary weapons you're not going to run on us. Swift isn't running on us. Jamal isn't running on us. Like I'm. I, yeah, Saul is from that old school uh, Seattle like press yeah, cover yeah. three system. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I don't know that they'll move Sauce, especially because uh, St. Brown plays out of the slot a lot. I don't know that they'll move him in there and have him shadow him. I, I mean, they could. I think they'll probably just play their normal like cover three, rush four, um, you know, type of defense and and go with that i mean it's effective they they're built for it the whole like you said the whole secondary is good so um right that would be my guess you know and then try to just run for me it's then they just try to run the ball and i i think we see a ton of i think if they're game planning they're saying we're going to start zach i think we see a ton of screens a ton of bubble screens and they run the ball 65 to 70% of the time in the game and try to say our defense is going to get us through this week. We just need a win and we know we can run the ball. Now let's, let's run it, try to run it down their throat, control the clock and try it feels like starting Zach Wilson is they're trying to not lose instead of trying to win. Yeah. I, I, I'm just perplexed because I just think he's a worse player. And I think it's a note. It's he's noticeably worse. And if they were eliminated from the playoffs, I'd make the case of like, okay, well, he's the young quarterback. Like what's the point in throwing Flacco out there? You know what? But, but Flacco's just better than him right now. And so, I mean, I agree with you. Like if you're in the locker room and you're trying to make the playoffs and you know, you're living and dying on this game. Like I would be annoyed that, that Flacco's not starting. Um, And there probably are players that are, and so I don't know if if Wilson struggles in the first half, maybe Flacco comes in in the second half. I mean, I have no idea what what the dynamic is, if it's, again, owner pressure or whatever. But all we can do is assume Zach Wilson's going to start and finish the game. And in that case, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a ton of running. Um, I think they're going to try to run it down their throat, say, let's 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 win 10-3. And, uh, and that's what they're going to go for. And especially with the flu's been going around the Lions this week. Hutch. Brock and Hughes all missed practice this week because of the flu, which leads to, okay, we're going to run the ball even more. I could just see a spot where it's there. And with the other games that we have access to and the points we have access to, you know, the game we covered before this, unfortunately this went from our 
uh, as one week season as a whole, it went from everybody's favorite spot of the week to get to get different to where you got to run away now. Yeah, I would have been very interested in a lot of players in this game, and now I'm probably yeah. only going to have it in MME play. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad there. So, and we're going to finish up here with the Falcons and Saints. Speaking of the <laughs> of the weird, weird division of Mr. Brady. Yeah. We, you know, they they finally said, okay, the, you know, we're we're gonna get, you know, Desmond in. This is a this is now for me an interesting spot from a pivot leverage standpoint on the field. On one, can the Saints D really get enough exposure to get the points. And, and I go to, I look at like what Malik did in Tennessee and I believe Desmond's over under prop is like 165 right now on his pass yards. And I feel like this could be a, a hammer the under situation. Where are you, where are you looking at this? How do you get leverage on here? Do you want any exposure and do you see a game environment where in the range of outcomes and the small chance he goes out and lights up the field, can you see yourself having some stacks going the other way? So I'm um, I'm a little bit torn on this game in a couple of a couple of different ways. Um, you know, Ritter is I think what 5200. Yep. Right. So I mean that's that's really cheap for a quarterback. Other than like total pricing mistakes where a backup plays and he's 4K, that's about as cheap yeah. as you ever ever see a quarterback, right? So right. he's he's essentially free. Um, I don't think he is an NFL passer, and I think everybody kind of agrees with that, right? He's probably not an NFL level level passer yet. Now he can run, right. and DraftKings rewards running quarterbacks uh, in, yes, their scoring, in their scoring system quite a bit. Um, it only takes one broken running play for a touchdown at 5,200 to almost basically be worth his value on his own, right? Like if you break, yeah. if he breaks a 20 yard touchdown run and that's eight points right there. I mean, he needs almost nothing else, you know, playing quarterback to get to 15 or 16 and at least be okay. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot to get there. Now, there's a ton of risk obviously because he could be a guy who comes out and really can't throw and you can't, you can't be see the Titans, right? See the Titans, right? You can't, you can't really be a quarterback in the NFL with no threat to throw the ball or they will just come after you and you won't be able to have any room to run. Right. So the, there's a lot of unknowns, right? Like it's a, it's a huge variance because if he comes out and he's a little bit better as a passer than we think he is probably a value. If he comes out and he is a little bit worse of a passer or maybe even what we think he is as a passer, then it's hard to make a case to play him where he might have 80 yards passing, two interceptions and 60 yards rushing. And you're like, oh, what am I what am I doing here? Um, so the interesting part about the Saints is obviously receivers, you know, murder the Falcons. And uh, Olave is, I think, sixty five hundred. Um, yeah, Olave is, yeah, yeah. He's he's Olave. priced there, and yeah, Olave. Yeah. And his, let's look at his ownership right now. So projected, he's, uh, uh, where is he at on here? I know I saw him up there. Yeah, he's uh, projected around ten percent right now. I imagine that goes up a little bit. 
but that's I expect him that 10 to 15% range this week. That that doesn't surprise me, especially when Garrett and Elijah's yeah, per, you know, projections totally change. Right. Right. And so you know, to me, uh, and I think Landry is, is really cheap. He's in 3,800, right? So, he, um, cause they haven't used him. Right. He had, one, he had that one week and that was yeah. it. Yeah. No, they never, they don't pretend he's not out there, but, uh, okay. he is, he's under anyone under 4k, you know, you can always in a good matchup, you can always look at and say, you know, could I, could I save some salary here? But I think I'm only really interested in the saints. If I'm going to play Falcons because if Ritter comes out and is terrible, then there's a really good chance that the Saints just win this game on defense. And, you know, the offense just doesn't have to take advantage of the of this of the Falcons matchup. But if he comes out and he he can play a little bit and he puts up some points, then, well, there's every reason to think that the Saints offense will be able to strike back. So it's a, it's really it's all about Ritter. It's all about how you feel about him. Um how, how do you feel about Kamara who I don't know what the saints are doing with him. I just don't I, I'm throwing my hands in the air to what their I don't know what their thought process is, but no more Ingram. Don't have Ingram this week. We know what a run funnel the Falcons D is. Do you see a spot where they just decide we're going to run Alvin down their throat and he's at least viable from that standpoint? So I do like uh, Alvin and the Saints defense pairings because the Saints defense is expensive and uh, people, I, again, I haven't looked at ownership yet. Is Are the Saints defense projected to be popular? <laughs> this is going to be wild. The, you're not going to believe me when I tell you this. So, all right. So I'm going to list the teams below the Saints and projected ownership. Oh, I'm looking at it wrong. Hold on. Uh, projected ownership. There we go. Okay. I, I had it valued out wrong. I was looking at that going. I uh, No, I was looking at it right. Okay. I am. This is so off. I actually didn't think I was looking at it right. That's why so I, I, I just wait a little bit to, to, to see. But yeah. what yeah, it but, Okay. So currently the teams that have less exposure than the Saints, the Texans and Bears. Really? They are at 0.5% right now. And the Falcons are at 4.1 because they're 2,500. I can't, I mean, I can't see that being true. If it is true, I'll have a, I'll have a lot of the Saints defense. I, I'm, I'm looking on, I'm looking on a spot that I don't think it lands. There's, I don't see how it lands at that number. Again, early Friday projection. When we were talking about ownership, this is projections. We're going to see a lot of movement and we're going to see this go through. But if they're not the defense, you don't want to pay up for like, because the other side of it is Camara is the number two owned projected owned running back right now right. on the other side of it. And even though I hadn't looked at it, I had a pretty good feeling he was going to be chalked because yeah, he's 68, he's only $6,800. Right. It's, he's not, yeah, right? he's, he's not super expensive. It's easy to see. And even though, you know, Benjamin is there now and uh, yep. you know, he, you know, Benjamin is a, is a guy, I have no idea why he got cut. I mean, all he did was look good. Um, so, all right. I mean, he got cut. I mean, he got cut. He might get more work than people think. But generally speaking, I mean, yeah, Kamara is going to get most of it. So. The, the Saints have shown, though, they want to use a running back by committee. That's 
that's a hard part. So I, I definitely think if you're going to run Camara, the Saints defense stacking him with is the play to help offset that ownership. Right. And and hope that you do, you know, you get a couple sacks, maybe you get a strip fumble if they're not throwing a lot. And you, you know, you get that upside. And if if they come in anywhere near that bottom, anywhere near, I'll I'm just gonna figure out another place to save salary and I'm paying up for the Saints Steve. There's that's yeah. a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, that ownership would be way crazy low for you know, playing an unknown quarterback who could just absolutely not be able to pass. And if if he comes out on the low end of he's not able to pass, I mean, interceptions, sacks, fumbles, I mean, those all just pile up when you have a quarterback out there that really is not an NFL caliber passer. And that might be the case here. So, you know, if I certainly more than than, you know, negligible ownership would indicate. On on fantasy labs using their projections right now, the Saints are three percent ownership. Wow. So and and Atlanta's still higher. Atlanta's still almost ten percent. I mean, are people afraid of of, of Ritter? I mean, I'm I, yeah, I can't. I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this one. This is a unique spot, and this is an interesting, interesting way to to come at this. I'm gonna have to dig into this a little more after this. This the the ownership. I'll be interested to see where we land Saturday night. Where where are we at Saturday night? Where's this Where's this coming in at? Because this is wild to me. I mean, I know people don't like to play high-priced defenses. I don't like to play high-priced defenses, generally speaking. But the time to play a high-priced defense would be against an unknown quarterback who could absolutely stink and no one else has them. That's when you would you'd want to do it. I just can't believe that we wouldn't see at least like 5 to 10% ownership at a minimum when we have a quarterback who could just be terrible here. Um, but maybe I'm because wrong. Because everybody's on Denver. So right now... The whole earth is on Denver's defense because they're twenty seven hundred bucks. No Kyler. And yeah, yeah, I understand. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yep. But you know, by the by the same token, I mean Colt McCoy is not a total joke. Uh, They've been efficient with him in. Yeah, like, I mean they haven't been terrible. He's. I mean they're not as explosive with him as they are with Kyler, but he's 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 kind of more of a game manager. Um, you know, I I don't know. I don't know that I see the Denver defense being such an overwhelmingly better play at that ownership than just paying up and like taking the saints. Like would it, would it shock me if Colt McCoy just kind of game manages way to a game where maybe they only score 17 points, but he doesn't really turn the ball over. And then Ritter is just a train wreck and gives up two defensive touchdowns and five sacks. Like I could totally see that. So listen to this. So we just got our one week season. We do our own projections. Shout out X. He is, he's, his projections have been, really I've been good. really happy with where he's, what he's doing this year to get him to where they are. So they just came up. So bears, Bengals, Texans, saints, saints projected at 1.6 right now. And just like everybody else, the Broncos, Titans, Panthers are all projecting for major ownership, but it's the Broncos. The, the ownership is all there on them. And my interesting thought with that pivot, and we're, I'm going to talk about that game with Mike is, what if Arizona just decides to run the ball and they just throw, throw Connor out there and they, they don't pass a ton and the Broncos don't get a ton of opportunity. Uh, that's a, that that's going to make or break the slate for a lot of, uh, a lot of them. Well, that's kind of that game manager, right? Like if he comes out and it's just like, okay, Colt McCoy manage the game, right? We're just going to run Connor, throw dump offs, you know, throw screens and they might not score a ton of points, but 
you know, we know for fantasy, you need sacks, turnovers, and hopefully defensive touchdowns. Like, I just see a much higher chance that the Saints score a defensive touchdown than the Broncos this week. Like, much, much higher. Um, okay, so gi- so give me one game we haven't talked about yet on the main slate that is another game you're going to be looking at, you want to dig into, and you see some value in. Oh, man, uh, putting me on the spot. But, no, I got one for you. The uh, <laughs> the the Chargers-Titans game um, is a game that I like. And uh, I like it. I, I'm going to have best ball sweats because I have Keenan Allen somehow on that team that got <laughs> team got 60th overall and underdog and I have Keenan freaking Allen who I drafted in the high third round but again I'm right. not here to lament that but the uh the Chargers um you know I I just see that game as a game where the way each team wants to attack lines up perfectly with the defensive weakness of the other team and that being that the Titans want to run right it's no secret how they want to yep. play and the Chargers are are poor against the run, and the Chargers want to pass, right? It's no secret how they want to play, and everyone passes against the Titans anyway. So uh, I think that's a very easy game to know both teams are going to attack in a certain way. That way lines up with where the other teams are weak. I could see a back-and-forth affair where, you know, they're both having success in their preferred style, and it ends up with a lot of points. Yeah, interesting that so right now the Titans are projecting pretty much everywhere as the number two owned defense. And I can see that with the with the opportunity, other than it's not their pass defense that's really good. They're they get thrown on a ton. So that'll be I hope that stays there. It'll and I get it, it's twenty two hundred bucks. People just want to pay them in. Right. But give me that. You know, give me that Herbert with everybody healthy. Give me that Herbert, Mike Will, Keenan Stacker, you know, trying to figure out how, you know, how much they're going to use Eckler in the passing game. And, you know, give me a mix and match of those stacks, even with Palmer and and Everett and come back with the big dog and, and let's see this game fly. So Williams, Allen and Herbert, like, you know, none of them are that. I'm just looking at their prices here. None of them are that prohibitive in cost, right? Um, yep. You know, 7,200, 6,800, 6,300. So it's not like they're cheap, but they're almost kind of right in that range where people don't want to play them. Like they either want to go up and, and get somebody yep. above that or they want to just be cheap and get somebody down below that. So if ownership on, and especially if you're saying the Titans ownership is going to be really high, I didn't actually realize the Titans were going to be projected for that high of ownership, but it makes sense because they're they're the, you know, cheap defense du jour. Um, I would, uh, I would be even more interested in playing charger stacks and, you know, just, I was interested in that game, but I hadn't gotten to the point of really putting together my rosters yet. But I mean, a Herbert, uh, Williams and Allen stack is very much in play for me. Um, I would also look at Everett, uh, you know, it's just, to me, that's kind of the most obvious thing. Like whenever you're looking at a slate, you think certain things, you think things are going to, whenever you have a spot where it's like, okay. I know 100% the Chargers are just going to win the ball. Like, right. that's what they're going to do. So I know that. Like, I don't have right. to do any guesswork. They, they want to do it anyway. It's what everybody does against the Titans. Like, in what universe would they do anything else? Um, so I think that they're just going to come out and throw it a ton. And to me, that's just, I don't have to think about that. So there's a lot of value in just like, I know 100% I'm going to get high volume here in this passing game. So I'm just going to, I'm going to not think harder than that and just take it. And I plan on kind of doing that on at least one of my three entry max builds and quite possibly, I mean, my main build, uh, you know, will pro- could easily be a Herbert Williams Allen with Henry coming back stack and just say, I hope that game's 40 to 40. 
Yeah, there Allen's no Allen was number two projected behind Wilson, which leads me to be after that Wilson news that Al, Allen's gonna get gonna get some steam. But as we talk about when to play chalk and not to play chalk, one of the questions you'll ask at the end of the week is if this turns into that 42-38 game, you'll look at it and go, they were like 20 less than 20 grand for their three stack and they had ownership, but why didn't I play him? Why didn't I look at that game and just go, the math says this is easy to go with. Yeah. Here's something interesting about Keenan Allen is that I suspect most people will play him incorrectly. Uh, Everybody looks at Keenan Allen and they're just like, Oh, I'm going to play this guy by himself. He just gets a bunch of receptions and a bunch of yards. And like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go ahead and play Keenan Allen. The truth is, is that Keenan Allen is consistent, but he rarely puts up a huge score. And the games where he puts up a huge score, it's almost always a game where you want everybody, uh, you know. And so I, I never really play Keenan Allen alone. Uh, I always, if I'm playing Keenan Allen, I'm usually stacking that game, or I'm avoiding Keenan Allen and saying, okay, you know, take take your you know 18 points at 6k or 20 points at 6k but i'm going to try to find the guy who gets 30 with that money uh that's always kind of been my keenan allen approach and so i think a lot of people do that wrong they play him by himself i don't see allen as a guy i ever play by by himself he's either a game stack play for me or or i leave him be yeah he's never he's never just a standalone guy he's not going to be saint brown to use somebody of current times that i just want to say okay i'm I'm happy with him. I want to use him and go from there. So this will, that'll be a fun game to, to look at. So let's get into best balls. We end up here. How, who are you, you know, we've talked about it over, you know, a few of these, but, and we brought it up a little bit on this podcast. How are you feeling after you, you know, you're seeing your teams that have gotten through and who did you, did you get a chance to look at anybody on your squads that, doesn't have a ton of ownership that will you think could really help you yeah i did actually i did uh you know take a minute to kind of as a degenerate sit there and look through all the teams <laughs> like, get through I, right we, I think we all did so like, oh man it's just gonna spend an hour doing this today so uh you know i i did though and it was a fun hour and it was interesting when i looked at it one guy who i have a lot of that got through on my teams that i thought would be super common and didn't appear to be was cmc um yep. I, I was really surprised and I'm not sure why, because it's not like he had a bad year. I mean, I guess he didn't have a, a, a for sure you're going to advance when you drafted him in the top five year, but he had a good year. And so, uh, you know, when I saw how little of him had advanced and I have a lot of him, uh, again, including on my, my best team that I'm trying to root for the most, I was really like taken aback by that. So um, CMC is, is a big one. And then, Keenan Allen, who we just discussed, is a big one for me. I drafted a lot of Keenan Allen this year in best ball. Um, I was all over the Chargers offense in general, but I, I ended up with a lot of Keenan Allen. And then, of course, you know, not the year you wanted from Keenan Allen, but no. uh, it, because it wasn't the year you wanted from him, nobody really has him. So uh, he's a he's another one for me that that I'm definitely going to need. Uh, what about you? Who do you need? So I'm I need Fields like massively i i was all in on fields with where we were drafted him he's he has a decent pass through rate but i need i need fields i'm trying to pull up some of i'm trying do to pull know, up are the pass through rates listed any do they have is that information out they there? are that's what i'm pulling it up right now where so is it? uh it's going to link underdog has a link for it. i'll send it to you when we're done 
Okay. So cool. Underdog finally posted like, and you can download it as a CSV. I hadn't downloaded it yet. Mm-hmm. So, but they had like a quick, they had a quick like tweet on who the lowest guys were. So one that I got through is Brady. Brady has like, like very low pass through rate. I have some Brady through and okay. So here we go. I knew Hayden had it in there. I could just, I can look at it like faster. So throw, show this thread. Um, so low is, yeah, is there. So Hertz, Mahomes, Allen fields to a Lawrence. I have a ton of Philly Miami stacks. Uh, I had some really cool Arizona Jacksonville stacks that I'm just really sad about now because of where we were getting D hop and everything that happened with Kyler. Obviously that's, that's there on the running back side. Jacobs was obvious MVP there, but on the lower end, uh, Swifty for me, I, I drafted a lot of Swift Swift in season long and in best ball is one of my highest owned running backs. And if he can get, if they can just give him the ball and have Jamal stop stealing all the touchdowns, he could really break it. And then looking at wide receiver, so Hill, Brown, Lockett, that was brutal for me. I had a ton of Lockett, Waddle, Jefferson, Adams, Kirk, Diggs, all guys I was all over. Tight end, I personally think Taysom Hill like breaks the slate for somebody here. That. I have, I have some of them if he does. So do I. I had to. You had to because he, he could do it, right? What if we get to the end of the season? Imagine if something happens and he get, you know, and he and they've been using him and that tight end eligibility is there. Uh Schultz is a pretty low, is a low, much lower rate. Uh Braid was there. Let me pull up the actual sheet here. Yeah, CMC of 0.21 for a top three, but Taylor a 0.08 pass through rate. Wow. Because you can't because he was so bad this year. So, right. So he was so bad. So there's a ton of zeros. Let me get through. Okay. Through some of the lower guys that actually matter. Javante crushed a lot of people with getting hurt, right? His path through rate was 0.05 and he's done for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, people still drafted Ridley. Uh, one that could be interesting is Latavius Murray. They're, they're, they're using him in Denver. Uh, uh, yeah. Right at a 0.07 pass through rate. JT Najee was one. I I full faded Najee. Najee was just a fade for me this year. He's at 0.08. Uh, Russ 0.08. Brady 0.08. Uh, Saffer who's done. Yeah, Who else? Uh, Pitts was really low. Mitchell Renfro. A lot of the guys that got hurt. So I so this is crazy. <laughs> I have two lineups on underdog, not on DK, but on underdog that I have a Desmond Ritter stack that was with uh, Pitts and London. So while Sorry, Pitts is, Pitts. Yeah, yeah, while Pitts is dead, this is what I was hoping for, right? Maybe we get to the end yeah. of the season and we get, you know, when I'm drafting that many teams, you're trying to get weird, right? You're, yeah. you're looking at all these, you know, combinatorial options going, Hey, what if they bring them in and they get him there? Uh, so he's another one. Uh, Skoranek with, LA could be interesting. He has a super low rate. Okay. So here are the other. So yeah. So cook swift Allen are the next lowest pass through rates. And oh, I, have, I got a lot of those. <laughs> yeah. I got a lot of Swifty. He's there. A lot of Elijah Moore. Dak is really low pass through. 
And then uh, Sutton, I'm going to cry over Sutton. Cooks, maybe if ever got healthy ever again. So here's my other one. My highest owned wide receiver on underdog, not DK, is Kadarius. Captain made a glass, which is shown again. But (laughs) is it in the range of outcomes, especially now that he's in KC, that he could have? that one week to to break the slate and at point one one pass through rate that that could be really interesting that's a that's a spot that i'm i'm actually excited about i got a ton of them on dk too i i'm really i'm actually more excited about my dk teams than my underdog teams oh yeah i, I got some monsters at dk from a health from a health standpoint that are just healthy that's that's all that matters though in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's yeah, that's it's everybody's healthy. I'm not because I'm and I'm hoping I can get through this week. Goddard, I have you know, Goddard was my guy. Him and Komet were my two tight ends. So Goddard being out has been been rough on me. And then, you know, who goes up? Evans is pretty low. I got a I got a good little chunk of Evans. You know, he's only at point one two. And as you talked about, this is the one, the other one that I think really could like, he could give the, I think they can give the mix in week this year is Herbert's at 0.12. I just talked about how Allen was. That's so, all right, Herbert Her- is. Yeah. Right. Herbert, Allen, right. Like I, I look over here. I like want to check my, I know I have Herbert through on one, one or two teams. I want to like check, check them right now. Like, Oh man, I guess no one has Herbert. I think I have so, stacked with Allen on one. So if I go advance rate and then I go position, Right. And I start looking, I mean, there's, he's really low in there. There's so many other guys that are, that are through that, that just got, that he's so much lower owned on that I could see him, you know, if they have that, especially this week, right. What if they, we just talked about it. What if they have that burrow week of week 16 last year, if you don't have some of that stack or that stack, you're, you're toast. Now this, this week there's a little more leeway to get through because of right having more teams. Right. But but that next week is is interesting. Also, it's one out of ten this week, right? And then it's one yep. out of sixteen, one out of sixteen next week. So yep. If you're once you're in the one out of sixteen phase, like you know, if a stack pops that week and you don't have it, like you're not gonna win. So yeah, you're, you're just not getting through. So it'll be interesting to see here. So we'll we'll have to keep talking about this the next couple of weeks and let's uh let's hope we get excited. I missed uh I I didn't want to talk about it here because I talked about it a bunch with Hilo. I ran the Kittle, I ran Kittle Captain five one stack last night and my I had Mason. So I, uh, if he would have scored that TD, I, I would have banked every single entry, every uh, single one. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I wouldn't have got the Millie cause I didn't, I went, I went Myers over Fant and it was my coin flip was, uh, where did I think they're going to land wise? And I thought Myers would be a little less owned. And so, but I would have all the single entries, like 111, won all the SEs and ended at 107 with him breaking that run. So I'm, a uh, <laughs> I'm so crying over that. That's so, all right. It happens, man. Sure yeah, down. it's cool mistress. Uh, you know, but it makes it fun. Like, right? I was just watching because I'm a Niners homer at the end, yeah. and then you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like he has a shot. I was screaming. It was, but it made it fun for sure. So, but I'm excited for best ball in the playoffs here. Me uh, too. Want to thank, yeah, want to thank everybody for tuning in again. If you're listening to this on podcast, uh, you can also check it out on YouTube. We got a lot of the stats up that we show on the screens and talk about. 
and hope everybody does good and talk to you guys soon. Yep. See everyone later. See you at the top of the leaderboards.